This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Let's do the show, folks. Gum, gum, gum. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Hello there. Welcome to the Star Wars Report Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. So glad to have you back on board as we talk about all things in that galaxy far, far away. This is episode 449. I don't don't think we have anything special for 450, but we do have something special for this episode, and that's our co-host, Mr. Mark Herleman. How's it going, Mark? It's going great. Did you hear across Mm. fandom? The Mm. General Kenobi. General Kenobi. Yeah, that's true. Hello there. Yeah, <laughs> it makes me think of all of the uh, the prequels memes. But how's it going, man? Dude, Riley, I've been doing something. Mm. It's it's What's something that? that you youngsters do. Uh oh, you're 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 getting with all the kids. What what are the kids doing? I've been ticking and talking, buddy. No, you 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 have not. I've been TikTok. You've been personally. I've been, I've been podcast TikToking or in slightly haunted housing, but but yeah, <laughs> I've been sharing uh, uh, my bookshelf and my collection a little. I got a gimbal on so TikTok. I've been trying to trying that out. What I've the? Are you are you TikTok famous yet? Are you are, are you trending? No, but 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 what happened was we were at the haunted house and we were me and, me and Bryce, which is uh, my best friend's son. We were pulling plywood boards that were stuck together from the paint from how long they've been sitting in the hot hot container and they were making this sound so i recorded a couple of them and i put them on tiktok just because i was like i wonder what i'll do the fourth one had like 17k views like right away i was like what the? <laughs> mm. so then i started putting more stuff on there none of it's had Crazy. as many views as that three views six views two views <laughs> but still i've been ticking and talking well how do people is it illogical rogue too yes nice yes. all right makes it easy to remember uh, all right, follow him. Follow if you're a, a TikTok, if you're a TikToker. Listen, if you also like to compromise the national security of the United States, <laughs> you can go follow at illogical rogue too. No, I kid. I tease only slightly. I tease. Um, yeah, man. No, we've got a we've got a fun episode. We've got a lot to talk about, including um, Hasbro. That's right, folks. We're talking collecting on this episode, um, and the uh, announcements from PulseCon, Hasbro PulseCon. Um, and then also we have some interesting convention news. I don't know how relevant it is, but I'm so starved and so sad (laughs) still about the, the cancellation of celebration that I want to bring it in. Um, we got some, yeah, we got some feel good stories and then a a really cool email from Tristan following up uh, from last week as we are continuing to uh, have our own sort of internal star Wars report post-mortem on the original trilogy. So, you know what? Let's not delay with any of that and get right into the news. We have something to report. The closer I have good news. Data brought to us by the Botham spies. We can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. Let me ask you a question, Mr. Mark Hurlman. Did you follow um, the Hasbro PulseCon announcements? Did you see any of it on social media? Did you watch the live streams? 
Uh, I'm just curious if this, how much this crossed your radar, if they were able to sort of make you part of the hype. There was crossing of radar. Um, I, I wasn't watching the stream. I look at it more like this. I got people for that. Um, I'm, I'm part of a couple Facebook groups my friend Jeff Clemens got me attached to. Some are even G.I. Joe. So Hasbro splashes hard. Mm. Um, and, and, that's, and that's what happens. Because I'm in that group, those feeds I have priority on. So one of which is a, a Black Series collection one. Um, okay. So, so that's how I'm able to get my digital Black figure, Black Series figures now. Because Walmart never has what I'm looking for. So I had to start buying them online. Um, but so I, I'm like, you know, I'm still in that, like, I'm trying not to get everything thing. Cause like I was only getting a couple of Did a year, you but get it's anything? so easy to fall off that wagon and back into the habit. So mm. <laughs> I'm only collecting the six inch, but I'm seeing all the stuff about the 3.75. So when Haslab made their announcement, mm. yeah, I, I saw things. I was like, Oh, oh yeah. my God. And I, I immediately started to drool and I, I started to ask myself how quickly can I save up $350 <laughs> on top of all the other money that I have to save up and I'm like it's just not feasible as cool as it would be to own said item that we are about to talk about mm. I I can't invest in that right now and I know that there's a lot of people that are going to because it was well, able to be confirmed right away they had met their goal right away on it so I was like oh, oh yeah. that's cool but I'm like you know don't leave out the six inch fans give me the cockpit yeah. of this said item so I can put my really cool child and the Mandalorian in said cockpit give me the hallway for the Tantive 5 or Tantive 4 I mean but I mean I know that there are these kits that you can buy that do that but I want Hasbro to start doing that I mean they're, they're really knocking it out of the park on the 3.75 line and the other announcements of figures that are uh, the 6 inch line that really wet my fancy uh, I was super excited about seeing the uh, Mandalorian armor mm. for one. Cad yeah. Bane is going to be coming in a in a single. Right now, it's I think a Europe exclusive. Um, comes with Dodo or Dio or whatever his floating droid was. Yeah. But, oh man, there's a lot of figures that are coming out in the six Dude, inch line. There's a me. there's a yeah the six inch Jar Jar Binks. Right. Come on with with shield. Yes, with the cool shields from uh from the Phantom Menace. Right, that's it's, actually General oh, Binks. Let's, this let's is going to be messy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the incinerator trooper from the Mandalorian looks awesome. Looking Freaking get amazing! Yeah, the stormtroopers have just gotten better in general. And in fact, recently from those groups, I found out that a lot of these stormtroopers, if you heat up the helmets and take off the helmet eventually, because there's a glue that holds it to it, it is a Jango Fett sculpt underneath. No way! It's just not painted. Yeah. And some people have had horror problems with it, and they're like, oh, I've just painted the face anyway and just said he got burnt in battle. Yeah. Well, let's cover <laughs> it. Let's listen. I'm, 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 uh, let's do it. I can, I can talk collecting. I'll get nerdy with you guys. I'm, I'll, I'll do so it. I don't, I don't know how much I'm going to get any of these things. I but... have to get, though, my man, yeah, what's is your the must dark get? side vision of Ray. That's what I was um, going to ask you about that one, yeah. It, it looks like, I mean, they've advertised it as a Switchblade lightsaber, so I kind of like, oh, they got a spring in there. Um, I'm not so keen on the paint of the picture here because it kind of makes her look a little cross-eyed. But then again, they haven't done Daisy Ridley justice with any of the figureheads yet when it comes to the paint. Mm. Um, you know, you're looking at, uh, you know, the Django Fett sculpts and stuff. You look at some of the newer Mark Hamill or Harrison Ford. They really look awesome. Um, yeah. The one for... Donald Glover looked a lot like Donald Glover as Calrissian, but 
I, I don't know, Poe, when we see what they did with uh, Isaacs, his is just as bad. They really need to pay more attention to these ones and really nail it. Because when they get the face right with Ray, they screw up on the eyes and the paint job. So when I look at this one, I'm just like, it looks really good. Her eyebrows and stuff and the coloring around her eyes. Yeah. It's just bad it news just bears, kind of though. It's like a, she might be a little. It's a concept. It's concept image, though. It's not a picture of the actual product. Oh, uh, you're killing me! If you look, it's okay. a ve- it's a vector graphic. So some of these you can tell are um, seem to be photos, uh, and then some seem to just be vector graphic, like computer well, designs. I, that excites me in one aspect, though, because I was worried about the dress that she's wearing in this because it looks like a hard mm. plastic. And from what I figured with those other ones that they've had, because I also collect Marvel Legends figures, which are the same size and stuff. When they go with that hard plastic, it's really hard to put them into any kind of a pose outside from just standing up. So I'm like, man, if if they don't go with that and they go with a fabric or something, I mean, I'm all about the articulation with the six-inch line. That's what I love about them so much is they can get into some really killer poses. You can recreate scenes and stuff. And then, of course, uh, we also have the Clone Trooper, which is from Phase 1. I'm going to be getting that one. I'm going to hunt down that one. I'm hunting down mm. the uh, Walgreens exclusive Sergeant one right now, but I can't, can't mm. find it. Uh, they've got a reissue of Boba Fett. They've added a few things. Like now he's got a gun that uh, splits in half as if Luke's just chopped it up yep, with yep. lightsaber. He's Return got of the Jedi version. Yep. out of his uh, uh, flamethrower there. So that's cool if you didn't have that one before. Unfortunately, the little smoke that comes with the gun flying apart isn't there. That would have been a cool touch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they do it, uh, but yeah. Right. Commander Cody, that's, I believe that one's a re-release, or they might be also updating the points of articulation. If they update the part, points of articulation, that's going to be a killer figure to find. I have the original, and I love the original, but when I watch other people talk about the points of articulation and what you can do with him, they're not as happy. I found three poses that I really like to do with him, and I kind of never move him out of those three poses. So that's kind of exciting for the people out there that like to use the trooper for action mm. scenes and stuff. Yeah. Thrawn also being re-released. Um, I got that one in the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive that came with his collection and stuff. I tell you, though, that figure with two uh, uh, Death Troopers on his side looks magnificent. Mm. doesn't matter what you're doing with them. Uh, one that I'm actually surprised I might try to get down the road is Han Solo and Hoth. That figure looks pretty detailed. The parka? Um, you know, it's, it's, Han yeah, with the parka? With the, yeah. The parka on yeah. It looks like Han. He's got the cocky grin, but he's not quite grinning. Like I don't know. I mean, it looks really cool. I'm not so keen though on Luke on Haas. Um, I don't feel like the face on this Luke looks a lot like the uh, Empire Strikes Back one that I have. It's just it's have, not quite right. The, God bless him. And I know a lot of you guys are are traditionalist and when it comes to the three three quarter line versus the six inch series but as someone who's not a figure collector a hasbro figure collector I like the six inch series is looks way more appealing to me but i didn't grow up with the three and three quarter inch so i think that's that's my sort of caveat right there well see and i did which is i mean i've got them on figures i've got a lot of them in boxes still that are just loose that i haven't pulled out and put up yeah uh, one thing that always frustrated me was they even with the real good points of articulation, it was always hard to get them to stand up. Even if they were on their stands, sure. they would always tend to fall over. And I've hardly ever had that problem with the other lines. So, I mean, I was a hardliner, though. I was like, I'm never going to pay 20 bucks for a figure. And yet, through R2-D2, I've eventually just sw- shifted over. By the time I got 
the the uh, Commander Cody and the Boba Fett and Jango Fett, I was hooked. I was like, oh my god, I mean, the the Fets alone, the the things you can do with those two figures. Like right now, I've got them both hanging with fishing line off the ceiling, like they're using their jetpacks. They're just total badass figures, man. Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. That's, yeah, I'm kind of looking through these all. I I all right, I have one other question when it comes to the. Uh, lines because they had some pretty cool six inch series holiday editions <laughs> they're exactly what you think <laughs> they're kind of cute um Christmassy versions of uh various troopers um but when we get to the three and three quarter lines the vintage collection i'm mm-hmm. always curious what the appeal is of the vintage collection kenner style packaging for collectors when it comes to non-vintage characters, like I've heard numerous times people talk about how cool it is to see Clone Wars or prequel characters on the cards. And I always thought that was a little odd. Like I still have nostalgia when I, when I see the odd sort of lava-y Revenge of the Sith bubble cards that I remember seeing as a kid. And so, like so the, for, for me, that's attack of the clones, Luke, or I mean, Anakin Skywalker with his peasant exactly, disguise. Exactly. Like, uh, to, to me, or right. the battle droid, or later they have a Clone Wars Captain Rex on all on vintage cards. And, and to me, it, it's sort of like it's getting, um, I don't know, Darth, not Revenge of the Sith Darth Vader, but that's, maybe that's not the best example. It'd be like getting Emperor Palpatine from Return of the Jedi, but getting him on like a prequel prequels card. And to me, it was like, isn't the point of vintage is that it's, vintage characters or i guess people just love those freaking giant ass yeah. uh, vintage cards it's it's kind of like its own thing in the collecting world kind of like how there's bronies there's the vintage <laughs> backing and I, and I don't mean this insultingly because i love that that was your first those, <laughs> your first instinct i, I thought like, i'd put it in a way in a way that people would automatically understand it's like a subset right yeah and yeah. so no, like I, even I in comics there are people that collect the covers that look like these old Kerner backings and it looks like it's got the figure on there. I don't get that. I mean, it's not my cup of sure. tea, but I understand that there are people that do those because like, you know, I collect really weird things. Like I collect the titanium lines. I like to collect micro machines. I collect buttons. Like, mm. you know? and then I, I, but I stopped on my 3.75 and went full in on my six inch. But, but you know, there's just certain things that like definitely jump out to me. Like I will, I will throw down on a Hot Wheel figure, uh, you know, like that's not even Star Wars related, right? I got uh, a couple different of the Back to the Future time machines, different Batmobiles, uh, the A Team van, anything that I just like I gotta have. And that's the thing. It's like if that resonates to you and it reminds you of that time that becomes you gotta have it sure. but these become like the pop vinyl figures because that's when you start seeing things that were never on a Kerner backing and they're just like they're doing it for those people that want to put it up on display and have everything in that style and apparently there's a lot more of them out there than I thought but then again with a lot of things that's that way I mean I never thought that we'd vote straws to be illegal and yet here I have to ask you if you want a straw with that <laughs> <laughs> well that's fair yeah I think and, and of course you know me my 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 collecting crypt tonight and really my only my only thing that I really enjoy collecting is Star Wars Lego that that is right. that, that is really my my thing um, right which I'm I'm pretty excited about the uh, and the, the three five line that they or the three seven five line that they have here, mm. I, I would say the best figure is that Captain Rex, and I have that's one of the last ones that I bought was Rex and uh, Commander Thorn. Uh, oh. I got both of those and Darth Malgus. Actually, those were the last three I believe uh, yes. that I. Yep, you and, were uh, deceived. He looks good, but when I I look at that battle droid, I recently just got one of the battle droids 
Metroids in the six inch line. Mm-hmm. And looking at this one and thinking about that one, this just looks clunky. It just it it, it barely looks like the one from. I'm I'm probably being very super hypercritical here, but compared <laughs> to the other one that I've got over here sitting on the shelf, like this one looks like a toy, and the one that I. I got in the six inch looks like it's a movie prop. Like it mm. looks like you could be doing movie scenes with it. And I think that's the attention to detail that by going with a bigger size, you're really able to work with the plastic more yeah. and really make the parts and the molds pop. The lines really work. I mean, looking at the Anakin and stuff, it, he looks bulky in the face. Like you don't have the 3.75 line having the type of technology that they're using where they're doing the facial scans like they do on the six inch line. So I've come around on the price point. I'm like, you know, with when the figures are are good figures, that is. And every now and again, you're going to get a figure like Ahsoka Tana who's awesome or or Sabrine Wren that's awesome, but their, their legs are just so skinny that the joints are a very weak spot. Like I can put them in a lot of poses, but I don't dare because those those joints are going to give out eventually if I if I do that a lot. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the other six inch lines, they're pretty robust. Uh, my three point seven fives though are also like that. That unless they have five points of articulation, the more articulation you have on the smaller figure, the, the weaker the plastic gets. So I mean, there are definite reasons as I've made the shift to be like. Yeah, there's a reason why you might want to look into the six inch line. As somebody who was a naysayer, I'm, yeah. I'm here to say that it can win you over. <laughs> but did you see the Ahsoka Tano lightsaber for the Force Effects and Dude. the packaging specifically? Because mm. that made a splash That's, on Twitter. You know, I didn't see it initially. I didn't see it initially, but I see it in this roundup. Which, by the way, we have. I know this is a very heavily. Uh, visual s- segment as we've been talking about all this stuff. So uh, uh, check out your the Apple Podcast app or uh, whatever podcatcher you're listening to us on. We've got the show notes for you. It's the first news story from StarWars.com. Uh, we'll have a link to it so you can reference it yourself. But yes, the Ahsoka, uh, the, well, the packaging's beautiful. I wouldn't want, as, as someone who does not collect packaging or leave things in packaging at all, man, that would break my heart to, to be able to change it. But it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's cool too because it goes from green to blue. I'm surprised they didn't put white in there. Mm-hmm. I'm honestly yeah. shocked. Yeah. But it's still badass. Yeah, yeah. The it's, big surprise though was the picture of Ahsoka Tano there. A lot of people are assuming that this is uh, Rosario uh, as she will look in on, the Mandalorian. Hang on. There's a lot of zoom ins. Hang on. on it. I'm zoom. That's yep. that is a thing I'm doing. <laughs> It is a it is an artist rendering of a live action Ahsoka Tano, and man, there's one actress she kind of looks like. I'm just telling you, it looks like Rosario Dawson. Mm. Right, right. I think you're right. I think that's it's a set thing. She's going to be in season two. Come on, right? right? Come on. I, I kind of lean in that way. I think she's probably going to show up at the very end. It'll be a, a tease mm. for what's going to come in season three. And then season three, we'll find out it's a very small role, but it's great marketing. Speaking of marketing, because mm. we did market this the right way. We, we didn't teased. actually tell the listeners <laughs> what the HasLab vintage collection you guys item know. was. You guys know. You've seen it. You've seen it. It's It's been all over the internet. Um, HasLab's latest um, offering it's sort of Hasbro's version of Kickstarter. They are crowd. Right. They've launched their now successful crowdfunding campaign for the vintage collection Razor Crest vehicle. It's a full size, yeah, full three and three quarter scale um, Razor Crest. 
and they, they they show some concept images. It's beautiful. They instantaneously funded it. Actually, I'm clicking through the link to see they needed six thousand backers to do the campaign. A little bit of quick math uh, that I did was uh, uh, that's two hundred ten thousand uh, dollars to launch this. And you know uh, why this was a no brainer? Mm-hmm. What's that? Because there were fans that were already 3D printing this and had not as de- detailed, but dang near. Mm. I uh, On those groups that I was talking about, I have seen somebody receive one and they were showing the video of them having it, the doors coming down and the cockpit opening. I was just like, oh my God. And yeah. I had to look up how he got it and it was somebody had 3D printed it. And, incredible. and it was going for about that price. So Hasbro going all in, I mean, that was that was a brilliant move because it's like, okay, people are already making money off of this on the fan community. How can we do it officially and do it right? I'm not saying that the, the person that was 3D printing it did it wrong, but the level of detail on sure. Jabba, Salad, Jabba Salad Bar, his, <laughs> <laughs> his sail barge, and now this. Well, he may have, have had a salad insane. bar in the sail barge. <laughs> Right, never right. Know. Actually, I've seen Jabba the Hutt. I don't think he had a salad bar. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's the level of detail is incredible. And I have a much greater appreciation for the vehicle in general um, after seeing the um, new documentary. It's on, of all places, ILM's YouTube channel. Uh, call, it's called Inside ILM Creating the Razor Crest. Take a quick listen here. All the models have a great story. And in some ways, had it not been just an ordinary film, they wouldn't have lived on in time, you know. Whereas now, uh, everyone carries the weight of history. It's the voice of Lauren Peterson, model maker for Lucasfilm. We haven't done this at ILM in close to 15 years. And I thought, this all sounds great, but I think the odds of this happening are pretty slim. And then it did. It's a it's a freaking almost twenty minute documentary on how the the dudes at ILM went old school and literally built a fully practical Razor Crest in the exact wow. same style and way that they did with the Millennium Falcon back in the seventies and eighties. Um, if yeah, you have that, not seen it, Mark, that is a beautiful you, looking model too. You get, you've got to watch it, man. If you have not had a chance to watch it, uh, sit down. Oh. Uh yeah this is this is a a a chill out on the couch and just enjoy I I, I mean I I haven't seen this kind of behind the quality behind the scenes material outside of anything other than the films themselves so the fact Dude, that this we got immediately this, makes me wonder did they build it to the scale of three point seven five with the idea of eventually we'll market this because I mean it, that model that they're using for the filming yeah. looks like it's about the same size as the HasLab and I'm like if they did that that is absolutely brilliant because then you could turn around to Hasbro and be like here's the specifications yeah and it, yourself out it's yeah and it's the, the other thing that just made me really excited was seeing so many of the prequel era creatives involved in the Mandalorian. You don't think about right. it, but as you see Doug Chang talking about the design and you see John Knoll, you know, freaking getting back into his garage and programming <laughs> these old visual effects programs and computers and mechanisms that they used to use and hadn't used in years. It just became, it was this passion project that ILM took on. Um, and I, it's sort of, I feel like I get that sense about, that this is the culture of uh, ILM 
and and Lucasfilm in general with their approach to the Mandalorian. Man, it was sort of the pet project. I feel like that they're just like, well, go make it. I'm sure it'll be successful, but you know, it's not the films. Uh, it's just you know the 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 new Disney Plus series, and it ended up being this huge, universally popular you know splash in Star Wars fandom. But you mm-hmm. you get you really get a sense of the passion that went into the project when you watch this. Dude, what's funny is is my best friend. I was just chatting to him because all the fires and stuff. We were touching base again, and I was like, dude, you haven't you haven't had a chance to check this out. I'm like, you got to check it out. And he's like, it's not a movie. <laughs> I'm like, what, uh, uh, you thought the Mandalorian was? He's like, yeah, it's a movie. I was I was waiting for the next one to come out, and I'm like, no, next season's about to come out. Okay, dude, go get Disney Plus. So he got it within a day. He's like, oh my god, that is so awesome! I'm like, I I told you, I do not. Yeah. I, I like I say, I'll never beep you. You're my favorite turd. <laughs> exactly. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So there's not much else to say other than go watch it if you guys haven't. I I love it. Um. All right. I mentioned it before. <clears throat> um, we now cry a lament for the next event, uh, next convention that Riley was hoping would happen. D twenty three Expo twenty twenty one is now moved a year to twenty twenty two. Now, what does that have to do with Star Wars? You may ask. To which I would Plenty. say, <laughs> to which I would say, that is three weeks after Star Wars Celebration, at the same freaking convention center. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone's theories, like really smart, intelligent theories, uh, like all all the internet sleuths were out there saying, "Oh, that's that's probably why Celebration was delayed two full years, right? Because they just delayed it a year. It would be right next to D twenty three. Uh uh, they uh, they moved both." So it it just shows a level of caution that Disney is having when it comes to the, uh, a, a massive gathering because like there's I mean very likely based on current trends to be a vaccine by then but as far as distribution and everything else they're just not willing to assume the risk so now we have the next Star Wars celebration and and next D23 the next chance for for Lucasfilm to show off any Star Wars product is going to be not next year but the year after, and it's barely October. I'm a little sad. I'm a little, Riley's kind of bummed. I'm not going to lie by this news. So, and isn't the official word as of right now, Celebration Anaheim is supposed to be happening August 18th through the 21st of 2022, right? Yes, that's what I'm tracking. So so we're figuring what the, our, our super sleuthness is saying to us, our inner Thrawn <laughs> is saying that it's probably going to get moved. Right. I mean, I, it, it makes more sense because if you move it one more year, you've got something more to talk about. Granted, it's Star Wars, as we've demonstrated for 400 and almost 50 episodes, we can always talk about something Star Wars. So, I mean, we don't have to move it. But mm. either you either you plan to have mm. these two events and you're going to do them in a COVID world where you're planning on having half as much attendance as you've ever had before because of social distancing restrictions. And so you say to hell with it. We're going to go all in. We're just going to do them both half season and we're going to go back to back. And maybe we'll have one celebration or one D 23s worth of success out of the two events in a COVID world. Maybe, maybe they will do that uh, and keep it in the same spot. Or maybe they will try to negotiate, um, splitting up the convention season a little bit, I me and maybe I'm overselling in my mind the how much overlap there is between 
Disney no, fans and Star Wars fans. You're not. I was just playing nice here. Like they're <laughs> gonna move it. There's there's yeah. way too much overlap because the D twenty three one. Everything you're gonna announce about Star Wars, you better have already told us at the celebration. Or why would I go to celebration if I was going for the news? I'm not going for the news. I'm going for the fandom. But yeah. I'm just saying, there's somebody that's going for the news, and they're gonna get ticked off, and they're gonna tell us about it on social media. Yeah, hmm. yeah, that's true. That's I, true. I lean I'm, towards it moving just because if you're going to have new content and stuff, moving it out would be one of the better ways to go about it. Plus, like you said, the overlap. I mean, it just makes sense that that will probably happen. But I think the hard thing there is the people that already bought tickets for this year's that didn't happen. Exactly. And are they're all still, still standing by. I mean, that's that's what's going to make it hard because either you refund all that money, which I don't think they're going to do, or the other side of it too is like, you know, is somebody getting interest off all this money? Like, <laughs> well, we've spent so much time talking about the sequel trilogy and, and Mandalorian and, and not talking about the future of Star Wars. It's been kind of refreshing. I've kind of liked not t- constantly looking to the next thing. But I, I feel right. like I have to bring it up here when we're talking about um, future conventions the um the next film is tentatively said the last we were told was that it would arrive in 2022 according to kathleen kennedy this is after the kevin feige announcement that uh he's in the early stages of production this is all according to kathleen kennedy this isn't rumor so what we know from what kathleen kennedy has told the hollywood trades um 2022 so 2022 makes sense that's the year you have your celebration um if they had it in the summer and it's ha- and it's a Christmas release, for example, um, so maybe they'll do that, uh, and it'll be like they'll put it in summer, or maybe they'll try to um, move celebration earlier into the year, perhaps, or maybe a little bit later. It might shift it a month or two forward or back to see if they still get some overlap of people who'd want to go to both conventions. I don't know. I, that's, that's really really mm-hmm. tough to say. Well, and. Didn't I thought they said that they were moving the uh, next movie to December of twenty three? Uh, that the last thing I've and this is just from a quick Google. So I actually I think it was maybe they are going to move it with COVID, and there's been something more recent than because um, I, I Movies News Network reported that it got shifted back and that was back in september 23rd of this year uh which i guess that's more recent because i was looking at stuff from earlier this summer like in may um and those are the latest i guess statements from kathleen kennedy and i mean it makes sense that i think i think the entire movie the entire movie industry has shifted back at least a year yeah and that's what really pushes me to thinking that that's going to move because if if they've confirmed d23 is now moving there and you're like, but why would you do that? You got this other one. There. You mm. know that. Th- I mean, what takes mm. more precedent, Star Wars or all of Disney's products? Mm. They're gonna move the Star Wars because yeah. Star Wars is a part of all the. Yeah, so I guess we have our cars. Oh, interesting, interesting. So, so you're saying, uh, so you, prediction here, ladies and gentlemen, mark it down, Herleman. Uh, I owe you a steak or a Starbucks gift card or something because <laughs> not because I don't think you're wrong, but just because in my heart, I refuse to believe it. But you're saying, and I'm listen, and I will owe you one if, you, if you're right, that celebration will be pushed off to 23. It'll be 2023. Are we going to be like, we're, we're like 70 years old by that time, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Well, and, and think about this, kitties. 
it's still not as long as some fans had to wait for new Star Wars. That's true. That's true. Let's not be too spoiled. Um, right, right. I mean, first world problems, I guess. Mark, you and I spent about uh, a half hour before the show just kind of catching up on life and, and the uh, the wildfires, uh, which mm-hmm. I will do a quick plug. You can catch and listen to for this week's Patreon-exclusive uh, Rogue Transmissions podcast. Uh, you can catch that podcast, join our exclusive Facebook chat, and some other really cool uh, benefits over at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. encourage you to, to check that out. It's five bucks a month, and you can get some weekly additional bonus rogue transmissions here from us at the, uh, at the Star Wars Report. Um, and, mm-hmm. and special content like this. For those of you that listen to the Patreon, this is the part I was talking about that we would come full circle to. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You mentioned it when we were talking about it, but that that's this really, really cool feel-good story, which, God bless her, my mom often sends me Aww. cool, like, Star Wars stories. Usually, I've already seen them. Usually, it's come across my desk. I've seen it on social media or something. But these days, I've been working nights. Uh, I've been pretty slammed, so I actually she broke the news. This news story, this really cool, this young young kid named uh, he's five years old named Carver learned about the wild wildfires going through his home state of Oregon, and he told his grandmother that he wanted to do something to help the heroes on the front lines, uh, and so he got them and purchased a baby Yoda doll. It's adorable, and so he, he gifted that, and there are all these incredibly cute, and we'll put, they're all in the show notes, pictures of Baby Yoda traveling around with all the firefighters uh, fighting uh, the wildfires in your home state, Mark, of Oregon. Yep, yep. It's adorable. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. We saw that. It's been splashing around and stuff, seeing some pictures of different firefighters holding him up and stuff. Mm. There's one where he's got a, a bandana that he's strapped in, and he's starting to look more like a firefighter himself even. Like, that, that outfit that he wears is almost the perfect wildfire yellow. Yeah, that's true. It, it's It does look like one of those uh, flame-retardant suits that you have to wear. Like, we have we have to train and get those whenever we deploy, uh, overseas, Mark. So it's kind of it, it. reminds me of that, but it's a it's a it's a fun feel good story. It's really it's really neat to see all the put the the faces and the humanity of all the people that are um, fighting these wild these insane wildfires. We talk a lot about it in the in the rogue transmissions about what's been going on um, with all of the wild wildfires. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's 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 it, it is like I say, twenty twenty is a crazy year for many many reasons, but. A little bit of Star Wars feel-good from Baby Yoda. Uh, and did your mom send hurts. you the other one about the cat named Baby Yoda? I don't think so. Oh, I'm so yeah, there's, there's another one where a newborn kitten bearing a striking resemblance to our Star Wars favorite Baby Yoda was rescued from California wildfires. Oh, no I have to admit, the picture, I was like, oh, how cute. Um, you know, and, and as we were talking on the patron, you know, not – Every animal has been so lucky. Um, there's been lots of pictures and stuff like that circulating about uh, because as the wildfires are moving, people are saying, you know, remember your animals. Don't just leave them behind because, and yeah. then, you know, the tragic meme, this is what can happen. So to see that, you know, that there's some animals that have made it out. Uh, in my scouting career here, uh, the OA went up to Butte Falls Ranch and helped get as many horses and everything as they could off the property before the property was completely surrounded by fire and the firefighters were able to save the ranch, save all the horses, the structures and everything. So that was an incredible, awesome thing to watch because 
I, you know, I'm down here and we're getting ready for, you know, evacuation and all that stuff. But I'm watching on Facebook all these aeromen come Et together. Maintenant. I've got a trailer. I've got a truck. I need I need a, a truck that can haul this size trailer. I got one of those. I'll see you at this time. Okay, I need, need some gas. I'll put it on my card. And they all just came together and immediately mm. just went to work. I love it. And it was just, it was awesome. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's really cool to see how the community of Oregon's come together around this. And it's really cool to see Star Wars be a little part of it, even if it's a little kitten that looks like uh, Baby Yoda. It's it's, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I it's it's a it's a it's gonna be a longer show than normal. But I I, I want to hit these last few news stories, Mark, just because they're things that I'm personally hyped about. Um, awesome. What Those the first. The first the best story. <laughs> this is literally just a. This is amazing, and I'm buying it. The a, a segment. <laughs> um, the Empire Strikes Back. Well, uh, the Empire Strikes Back has officially returned to the U.S. box office top five. Wow! It continues to be just about the only film release of 2020 that's bringing in good res- good results. This week sees the film return to the U.S. top five, making one million dollars in 2097 theaters. So a lot of wow. these. Studios aren't releasing their big budget films, but um, some in some states where the numbers aren't as bad, they're able to reopen theaters with social distancing. But there, there's no movies to show. But a big part of that is that um, I keep seeing people post on Facebook and stuff about how they're able to go to a special 40th anniversary screening of Empire Strikes Back. And so, uh, it, it yeah, it's made a, a million dollars over the last weekend. And I, that just made me happy. Empire Strikes Back. That is awesome. I mean, in my theater, uh, you know, I used to I was a janitor at the theater here. That's how I was able to watch all those movies for so long for free. But uh, you know, they do a, what they call the throwback theater, and they've done that before. And they're also one of those that, taking advantage of the fact that they've got twelve theaters, doing reduced seating, you know, having people spread out and stuff, and they're having to lean heavily on those older movies mm, because, yeah. yeah, I mean, when you've got nothing to play. Once everybody in town that's willing to go out and see the movie has seen it, it's it's not bringing in the rest of them. Because, yeah. I mean, that's the downside of this COVID world right now is that there are just some people that are turtled. They are not coming out of the shell. And, you know, we live in a world where you can get almost everything you need delivered to your house. And more people that's have true. just dipped off that scene. So for the theater companies, they're in a panic. Like, I mean, I, sure. I think it's awesome that they found ways to keep going. Um, and I, I feel worse for the theaters that only have one to four theater rooms because those yeah. are the ones that are really getting impacted the most. When you got 12 theaters, yeah, it's it's still a hit. You're losing half your business or more, but those little ones, I don't know how a lot of them are even surviving right now. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I, it's hard to it's 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 hard to see, but I, it, it's it is a feel good that Star Wars again is a, it, Star Wars has found its way into in a positive way into every corner of the craziness of, of 2020. Um, and then lastly, um, I'm disappointed. It is, it did not arrive day and date. I pre-ordered it on Amazon. It's one of the first star Wars things I've ever pre-ordered. I usually don't pre-order stuff, <laughs> but uh, star Wars squadrons is out today as we record this. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. Uh, I, and I cannot wait. I, I, it looks, it looks like a really fun, I'm not like I say I'm not a, a huge flight sim guy but I'm very very excited to give Star Wars Squadrons um a whirl and to immerse myself in the story which is set 
five years after Return of the Jedi. Um, I love the parts of Battlefront uh, that touched on that time frame and the remnants of the Empire, and uh, I cannot wait to experience the stories. Starfighter combat, eh, not necessarily my thing, but more Star Wars story that I can experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I promise this is the last time I'll bring it up. That I can experience <laughs> without <laughs> wasting dozens of hours of my life trying to find my way through a puzzle map. <laughs> Jedi Order. <laughs> Jedi Order. Um, then uh, then I, I look forward to it. So I can't wait. See, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I, I haven't pre-ordered it yet. Um, what got me mo- really excited... I don't have a computer to play it, but listening mm. to our patrons, uh, Mark and Nathan were talking about, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they, they have to be playing it on their computers because they were talking about joysticks that they're using with throttles, oh, yeah. using pedals. I'm like, pedals? I can use pedals? Oh my <laughs> God! I, woo, if I, never in my life have I felt the itch to get a gaming computer than when I heard that. Because well, I mean, one of the first times I ever played a Star Wars game was on a computer it mm. was x-wing with my friend ty also a patron plug there because we talked about him in the patron episode and he would take and do all the, the keyboard stuff because it was just so much of it and i focused on flying and that nice. game was so dope man nice. the things you could do with that the way you could flip those planes around and stuff oh to be able to do that like they do it in the books with the pedals I might, I might have to invest, invest in this down the road, buddy. <laughs> mm. I, well, the good news is there is a PS4 version. Uh, that that'll that'll be enough, hopefully at least, uh, to get you started. You're listening to the Star Wars Report. Never tell me the odds. Well, that's right. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I do believe it's time to uh, get into really what's my favorite segment of the show. I'm not even going to lie. It's time for Bubba's Bounty. It's worth a lot to me. As you wish. You know, I've been... Uh, I've been back on the Lego Star Wars specials on Disney+. Plus. Not even going to lie. Yep. I've been back at it, Mark. Uh, They're just hilarious, specifically the ones that I've been watching. Let me see. I'm actually, let me pull up my Disney Plus here because there's so many freaking different Lego series. You you said, let me pull up Disney Plus, and at my house, it's almost like, abort, abort. We've got a law. (laughs) It's Uh, called the Hamilton Law. Yeah. That apparently when Disney Plus comes on, Hamilton has to play religiously in the background. (laughs) On repeat. Nice. And I, and I don't mind it. I like it. But even my wife's playing it now on Spotify in my bedroom, too, nonstop. And I'm like, Yes. Uh, tell Theodosia. I'm, no, no. But mm. then I get to the George Washington stuff, and I'm like, Outgunned. Out, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I haven't had a chance to watch Star Wars on Disney Plus in a while. My <laughs> gosh, man. Good Lord. Um, no, so it's there's a series of TV specials called the new, not to be confused with the regular um, Yoda Chronicles, Lego Star Wars, <clears throat> the uh, y- the new Yoda Chronicles has a series of specials, and um, they, the one I most recently watched was called Raid on Coruscant. But these things, they have a very, what's the word I'm looking for? Robot, nice. robot chicken kind of vibe. So like right. the, the plot of the episodes, it's, it's not canon at all, but it's like, Luke Skywalker is on the hunt for a bunch of holocrons that the Emperor has, but they typically they like they travel to different areas from different 
eras in the in the films. Right. And so and, and you have to say it's it's Lego canon. That's true. So that way we were never lied to when they said now that it's all Disney, it's all canon. Because <laughs> no, no. I immediately went Lego's canon. I, I can call. I can consider Jax an actual clone, and I can. I can nope. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, but the um, uh, the, there's a scene here that I wanted to just play the audio of. Um, and, and as you're pulling that up, yeah, is this, is this like a sequel to the original Yoda Chronicles, I, or is it kind of like kind it could of, be its own entity? It, I mean, you could you could consider it a continuation of that story, but it doesn't pull on any threads from the other one. I think it's uh, it's a continuation. I think because it, it it features the the one one of the character dudes from the original series, and I don't think I've seen the original ones honestly because I don't really wasn't familiar with him. But he's like the the master builder. Um, okay. He's like the master builder character, um, which is always kind of cool. Um, but not not the master builder character from the Freemakers, though, right? I don't We're think. I don't think so, but let me be honest for just Roll a second. One. I'm I'm no expert when it comes to Lego canon. <laughs> like, I know. I, I mean, I just it's confusing to be fair. Castle with with Aaron Goins, and I know Aaron would have this answer for me. Oh, instantly, instantly. <laughs> All right. So here's right at the beginning of the episode. Uh, Yoda and Obi Wan, Force Ghost Obi Wan on Dagobah, need to help out <laughs> Luke Skywalker, and so they need to call a special helper from the ether a special oh, helper oh to, to help out and i already is, like where we're going all right here we go <laughs> allowing vader to get away with the holocrons was calamitous lucky we are that our old friend answered our call for help i certainly did hmm? qui-gon's in here ready to pitch in oh yes of course that was you we were calling that wasn't him we were calling. No, that I do. <laughs> when I heard your call, I came right away to help my friends. It means so much that you... Master Yoda, this is Jack. I'm on my way to assist Luke Skywalker. I... <laughs> oh, Jack is there. Okay. Jack, that's, yeah, that's, we're total con- that's what I that's, meant to that's say. That's a total continuation. I said, okay. I, I, I said... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I said Master Builder. I meant Jack. And, and then here's how, okay. it play- this, here's how it plays out. Well, of course we did. We need you, too, for something only you can do. Mm, yes. Uh, help we need uh, opening this pickle jar. <laughs> oh, my God. It's really dumb humor. I'm actually going to have to watch this. It's really <laughs> dumb humor. Hilarious. But it's really dumb humor, but I, I love all of it. Darth Vader and the Emperor are hilarious. It's, it's like Vader's calling the Emperor on yeah, hologram, but I he doesn't see go. the robot chicken reference. <laughs> Please there. continue to hold. Um, That's anyway. great. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 fun. It's a it's a mishmash of all the different locations and stuff, and it's just packed with references and jokes for. Uh, so with Qui Gon fans, do we see a ghost Qui Gon or yeah. is it just his voice? No, it's definitely oh. go, Force Ghost Qui Gon. So interesting in. Disney's Lego canon, Qui-Gon was able to be a forced ghost completely, but not in Disney's canon yet. True story. True story. But I think, I mean, Qui-Gon was supposed to be a ghost. Um, he was supposed to be a ghost in one of the early drafts of Revenge of the Sith. 
I or, remember or, that uh, fan made clip where they put them all in there. That was glorious. Mm. I man, it, that's one of those. Very rarely am I like, yeah, the fans right. You should put that scene in that movie, and that is one of them. I'm like, when they showed almost all the Jedi showing up, and you're like, it's Poe Loon. Oh, look, and it's Kit Fisto. Oh, it's they're all there. Augie Tin or Saucy yeah. Tin, Encore, yeah. Yaddle. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here's here's a good here's a good moment. I, all right, this is the last one I'll play. I promise. <clears throat> here we go. And now it's too dangerous. I say we hide out here and hope the Empire doesn't find it. Uh, I think they found us. Master Luke, the city is under attack. Hey, we don't allow droids in here. No blasters either. Lighten up a little. <laughs> <laughs> The whole cantina just looks at all the Imperials. There's lighting up. No, we just want to chill cantina. No droids. No blasters. Oh man. Sorry. All right. I'll stop. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. So that's my Boba's bounty. Lego Star Wars: The The New Yoda Chronicles. They're a lot of fun on Disney Plus. Nice. So for me, I went down. Like I said uh, earlier, I've been online purchasing. Uh, my black series figures. So one of the ways I do it, because some of them are exclusive to places that you have to go to that store to get it, uh, was GameStop. So I go down to GameStop to order my exclusive, exclusive, uh, Darth Nihilus. I think that's how you say uh. his name. From Kotor two, the Sith mm-hmm. Lord, yep, yep. with the really cool scream mask. Yep. I was like, I have to have this character. I'm running down to get him. And as I was walking through the store after I made my online pre-order purchase, mm, yes, yes, I wanted to look at the other figures because you know I'm a fan of some DC figures and stuff. I haven't bought any and stuff, but I do get the Marvel Legends lines and stuff. And GameStop's got a surprising array of really cool figures. So I'm looking at the other stuff and sitting there next to a Spider-Man that I already have and a Venom that I already own <laughs> is a Black Series Poe Clune that I dropped my jaw and said, what? I grabbed it so damn quick. If you know anything about that Poe Clune, he's been sold out since like December of last year. Mm. And I was like, how is he just sitting? I, I've gone to this GameStop before. So I'm like, how did they get it? So I, of course, I ran up to the front. And I'm like, hey, can you give me the Kit Fisto? And they're like, the type it in. They're like, oh yeah, we can't get that. That doesn't even sell. And I'm like, okay. And I give them that. And then they ring it up and they're like, how did you get this? Like, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know. It was on the counter. It wasn't nice. there last weekend. <laughs> but yeah, I was so stoked. I had to open him up immediately. Now, I desperately need a young Ahsoka Tano so I can replay that scene from the Clone Wars. I need that. That's a desperate need. Mm, there you go. There you go. I like it. Uh, so uh, a largely successful trip to GameStop. I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's take a brief uh, moment to uh, talk about uh, email. We got yeah. an email from uh, from Tristan. Uh, oh, I thought we were going to talk about the history of email. It started oh, back in the seventies. So, so Microsoft. But, uh, no. Okay. <laughs> no. Tristan email. So, so mm-hmm. Tristan is. Uh, Tristan is where? Where is this email coming from? Oh, he's uh, not the, don't say the internet. Uh, you yes. told us, right? Yes, yes, that's true. It is from the internet. Um, also down in our in the feedback section of our notes, we'll feature the the full text too. You guys can 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 recap it because it is a doozy here. Um, I'll, I'll I'll hit the major highlights though. It says hello. Hello there. You missed an opportunity, Trish, Tristan. <laughs> but he says, I enjoy your show. I've written, uh, I've written to you in the past, and below are some reasons of why I think the Star Wars sequel trilogy didn't work for a lot of people. I don't think these are necessarily bad ideas, but ideas that were executed por- poorly or sloppily. Uh, stay safe in this garbage fire of a year we're living in, Trish, Tristan. 
P.S. I may not have been entirely Ooh. sober while writing this. Listen, that's what makes it better, Tristan. That's exactly. Okay, I'm I'm gonna try to go either yes or no or true or false. Oh, I like this. I like this. Okay, so I'm I'm not gonna read every bullet. He's a very comprehensive list, but I just think it's a good way of like if this us go rings true, gongs false. I don't know, right, something like right, that. So right. does it ring true or like yeah? So uh, number one, it's the big topic of a lot of the stories especially since Daisy Ridley went free on freaking uh, Jimmy Kimmel and basically said this. Um, there's no plan. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to say true. Mm, I'm going to yeah. say there's enough stuff out there that what they did had planned. They, they were just kind of spit firing. Yeah. And that wouldn't have been necessarily a problem except for they did that all the way through the trilogy. That is no plan. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, conflicting directors and writers. Hmm true i'm going with true yeah. on that one two for two for two for true uh number three we got a total of uh seven Ooh, so number three three has got a big breakdown though we we might have to that's stop true. on I, this one for we, a second we may park on some of these um no context from the beginning and what does he mean by context he's talking about yeah because i was gonna say immediately like well episode four was no context <laughs> from the beginning I mean, so that's true star wars is no- star wars is known for dropping you into the middle of it but i think he makes a point here it's uh right. who are the first order where do they come from why does everyone in the movie seem to know while the audience does not What's happened in the past 30 years? Who's in charge of the galaxy? All these questions about what the hell's going on? Rings true? I'm going to say one rings true. Who are the first first order? Yeah. What happened in the past 30th-ish years? I'm going to say false because I don't necessarily need to know that from the beginning. Mm. But I do need to know it by the end. Okay. And yeah. that did not happen. So I'm like, that's an ish. Um, who's in charge of the galaxy? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with rings true because you kind of were like, what's going on in the first one? And by the end of the first one, you're really like, what's going on? Because you watch the only government that is actually in charge get destroyed, mm. which is his caveat in there. He has an actual a one. So we're in number three, number three. And it's got a one. Like, this is detail. Uh, Why is there a resistance and not a proper military? That is a good question. It is answered in the book. So I'm going to give him that one is true because people in the movies are not going to know this stuff. A lot of things the books provided that the films just were like, we won't put that in there. Yeah. Um, Five. Hit me with it. Uh, Palpatine returns from nowhere with no lead up. That one that kind of goes in, it, that goes in with the sort of first order suddenly becomes the final order, right? Well, and I'm okay with Palpatine being there, but the no hinting or lead up is where the issue comes in. I mean, Legends had that; it, they did it almost in a similar guise, basically. But you could have brought him in in the last film, or even hinted at him in the first one. Sure, like, yeah. bringing him in like the way they did just felt like, oh, and by the way, we're gonna have. Th- this is basically Venom in the first Spider-Man three. <laughs> Where did he come from? Yeah, I, I'll get. Yeah. I'll give it to you. I think the. Um, oh, and then he died. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the the context of um, what's happened the last thirty years. I'm kind of with you on knowing it by the end. The, I, I think still the greatest misstep of the Last Jedi might just be. As much as I love the film, it, it still might just be. The mistake, I think, the creative or at least storytelling mistake of showing Luke Skywalker 
that that moment between him and Kylo Ren from different perspectives because you have the way Kylo Ren tells it and you have the way Luke tells it and Luke tells the story first and it's a much milder version and they show you two flashbacks that that conflict with each other and it's an artistic thing showing the two different people recalling the same event but it 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 muddied the water of what happened and it was important to know what happened in that moment and important to know about kylo's fall and why that that hits back to our patron topic though when we were talking how politics influenced star wars though because for both of those those were their truths and yet they were conflicting truths yeah wow yeah i I, check check out that patron episode if you uh, know what i'm talking because i'm not going to bring that into this topic yeah (laughs) well it's 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 all it is its own thing because it's 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 important i think it was it's important to recognize that in the story but it also is makes it easy to lose the the audience in in that moment Mm -hmm. like which one do you believe what actually happened kind of deal right um part three number six i agree with the first order is now the final order and kylo needs the final order fleet even though it seems that the first order already has a huge fleet and is in control of the galaxy Uh uh-huh uh-huh yes but especially considering the opening crawl is like i'm gonna go and kill palpatine but four seconds later, I'm his beep. <laughs> That's, I couldn't. Uh, well, well said. But it's the final order. <laughs> and they have that great sweet shot of the ships bursting through the ocean. It's so cool. It's so cool, man. It was. It was Number pretty, four, pretty cool. I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure I'm going to be able to be mm, on board with. I, I'm going to disagree, too, with number four. The first of the sequels was a remake. I don't think it's inherently terrible for it to be, for it to be the first half, but um, he's talking about the, the Starkiller base uh, it, and the trench run. I I agree, uh, if I've, and I've said this before about The Force Awakens. I'll restate it now. The Force Awakens has a lot of very close parallels with A New Hope, but right. there's an important difference, and that is the mentor role, role in the hero's journey is broken therefore sort of breaking the whole Joseph Campbell hero's journey cycle and, and intentionally breaking it. J.J. Abrams, Han Solo is, is ill-equipped to be Ray's mentor, but in, but in so trying, there's the nobility. The nobility of Han Solo comes through because he's not, you know, he's not a master force user. He's lost his way, but yet he's mm-hmm. still um, the figure that... Um, becomes the family that Ray never had. And I think that's really important. And that's a very different dynamic than happened in, in a new hope. So I think I always, I'm, I will always to my dying breath, defend the force awakens because if I think how incredibly well the portrayal of Harrison Ford's Han Solo is in that film. I'm going to say four misses the mark, but we're close to the dartboard. <laughs> right. Um, well, let's hit. I don't think that the first of the sequels being a remake is a problem in and of itself. I thought that was a brilliant move. I will agree, though, that going with Starkiller Base and everything about what Starkiller Base ended up being, because even in the films, you don't know that it's the planet Ilum, knowing that just chaps my hiney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in that regard, I'm like, okay, now we've gotten too close to the original. Mm. Everything else, so I agree, there was enough changes to the journey for the characters that it would loosely be different. But the fact that we had another big planetary, you know, even looks like the Death Star, it shoots a laser like the Death Star, and it blows it up like the Death Star, I would have rather have them done something where maybe, you know, 
the first order sent in a group of black ops agents that caused a factory to blow up in a certain spot that caused the whole planet to end up blowing up like something like that you know you still take out the 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 republic's government but in a different way than the super weapon because that was the part about that first film that for me was like okay that's a little too close to home but at that point at that end of the movie i was already in on it being similar enough that i was like at the time (laughs) yeah that's fair well let's try number five caring more about spectacle than why something's happening true or blue i am gonna have to say that this is probably a true one because this applies to even outside of the sequel trilogy even the star wars stories were focused more on the spectacle aspect Mm. of some of the plots and the plots kind of came secondly i also like those more than the sequel trilogy um maybe that's because i feel like of all five of the films those were the ones that were the most planned out maybe that has to do with that yeah, it's spectacle. It's actually always been sort of the um, the greatest struggle of of George, actually giving more context and purpose to the stories. He always he was always great at the spectacle. Um, when right. you look at the original Star Destroyer, trilogy. come yeah. in! Oh my God, it's continuing yeah. and it's still continuing yeah. and it's still continuing. Just shut up, Mark. It's going to go on for another five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Number six: lack of consequences for the good guys coupled with the overabundance of convenience. And I'll hit you with a couple examples before you jump in, Mark. Talking about um, Finn uh, Finn being slashed by Kylo um, in The Force Awakens, being unconscious and almost dead, but perfectly fine. Then um, what's left of the Resistance can barely fit in the Millennium Falcon, but at the beginning of Nine, they're back up to full force. Chewbacca blown up, but he's fine. C-3PO sacrifices himself, but he's fine. Zori is about to capture Ray and uh, and company and turn them in for bounty, but Ray uh, beats her and says they should be friends, so they are. Um, so it, it a long Finn, list. Finn's going to sacrifice himself, but then Rose knocks him out of the way. Rose looks like she's going to die from that decision, but they actually let her live to not use her again. I'm going to have to say, unfortunately, that this is mm-hmm. 100% probably true. This is um, a thousand. I, 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 is... The chewy one, especially, was one moment that I, I think that when I saw it and and when I reflect back on it, even though I could see why they did it the way they did it, I think that it would have been more to the overall story and more to Ray's journey and her relationship with the Force had she have killed Chewie in that moment. Yeah, yeah, I, I. It is. I can't argue with any of these. Which leads us into seven because, as it states, the lead character never loses. Not even the Wookiee. You always let the Wookiee win. You can't (laughs) lose the (laughs) Wookiee. Yeah, yeah. The the. This is where I'm reaching back in my brain and and trying to sort of chronicle the different characters' experiences. And I and I think the lead characters do come up short. There are a lot of sacrifices along the way that happen. it, it certainly uh, it, to a to a form um, Han Solo and and Leia lose their lives. They sacrifice themselves. A sacrifice is required, but the sacrifice comes from the original trilogy characters, not so much from the 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 new characters. Right. And um, it became clear that they weren't the lead characters. Yeah, 
Which was, some would say, is the detriment to it as well, because some people wanted them to be the lead characters. Yeah. I know for me, I had bought all in on the new cast, right? Finn, Poe, definitely loving their relationship. Ray and Ben, absolutely loving these characters. But when the saga's done, you know who got the shaft there? Finn and Poe. Yeah. Ray and Ben had a great story, but Poe and Finn... There's a lot that was left off screen that we just never found out about. Even Finn's force status was left off screen. Mm. Like, and, I, and so you know when you you hear the actors express their frustration, it definitely makes you stop and go, "Well, I hope they're paying attention when they do the next trilogy." Yeah, yeah. I it, it's 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 tough. Even to this day, I remember Poe. Poe is uh, Savannah's favorite character. Um, mm-hmm. And and so and I remember her. She loved sort of the almost flirtatious back and forth that they set up at the beginning with uh, with Ray, and really wanted to see that relationship develop. And and I don't blame her. I, I thought it was really. I thought it was. It was very quaint. It's very Star Warsy too. The the quick bits of dialogue back and forth. It was very Han and Leia. Um, mm-hmm. But they just kind of they dropped off and and didn't go that direction. Um, so, and I think the contrast that Tristan points out is, is pretty, pretty, pretty good. And that is in the original trilogy, Luke confronts Vader, gets his butt handed to him, gets his hand cut off, finds out his father's one of the most evil people in the galaxy, decides he'd rather be dead than join him. And that's the, listen, that's not just like, ah, Star Wars, they should have done that in the new movie. That's a uniquely incredible film. Like, genre defying you know film industry defying film the empire strikes back and that's there's a reason it's uh considered by most to be the greatest star wars film of all time and that is luke's journey throughout that movie it's 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 tough to drive those kinds of consequences and get you that invested into a character the way that Irvin kirshner george lucas you know all all the creatives behind empire strikes did this being the 40th anniversary year and being you know, the year that it's back in the, the top five of the box office, there's 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 a heart to Empire Strikes Back that I don't think will ever be captured again in a Star Wars film. And, and I'm okay with that. It will always have a very, very special place in my, my heart. And I will never forget um, being 14, 15 years old, the first time I watched the movie, and the music swells. I even know the quote. I know uh, I grew up in popular <laughs> culture. I knew, knew what's coming. I knew exactly what was going to be said, but... There was right. the moment that um, Leia leans forward uh, to catch Han's eye and says, I love you. And he just looks back up in complete earnest, you know, earnestness and says, I know. And on that note, we got to wrap it up, man. Mm-hmm. That's a show. How about that's a great email, Tristan. Thanks for carrying forward this uh, conversation. It's been a it's been a fun uh, couple weeks talking about this stuff. I I know that I, I'm feeling more and more comfortable, kind of in our in our post mortem of sorts. Um, it feels less reactionary now, I guess. I don't, I, and I feel right. less invested in all the hot takes and all the you know the bo- politics and stuff that have that became involved in that whole sequel trilogy process <laughs> i'm not gonna lie so it's 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 nice uh that i i really think some of the the heat and toxicity around star wars has calmed down maybe it's because i don't know the world's literally burning <laughs> so people are like right. you know it's star wars sequel trilogy maybe not the top of the most important arguments to be making right now <laughs> 
Well, I know, Tristan, I appreciate your breakdown because yes, even sir. that last one that Riley was talking about, the Luke and Vader confrontation, makes me stop and think, what about Ray's confrontation with Palpatine failed to hit the mark so hard? Because for her, she's finding out that her family was the most evil people in the that galaxy. True. And decided just she doesn't want to join. And yet it didn't quite work the same. I'm going to have to sit and think on that for a while. Appreciate that. Yeah, I, I think... There's some, I think, well, Tristan said it best in the beginning of the email where it's not that all these are bad ideas innately and nobody set out to like, eh, we're not going to plan it all or we don't care. We're just making money. Nobody, JJ Abrams, Ryan Johnson, I I have massive respect for both of them as filmmakers and Mm. I, I think they did some incredible stuff with Star Wars and made some genuinely engaging characters. But when it comes to these story challenges, it's not easy. And I think there's a reason that like these can be good good ideas that are poorly executed. Uh, it's, mm. You know, it's easier said than done. That's there's a reason I'm not in Hollywood making you know big budget Star Wars movies. Thank God, I I, I, <laughs> I definitely screwed up. So um, I'm just here to enjoy them and talk about them and apply meaning from these stories and this mythology that we all uh, bond over and all call you know uh, a big part of who we are. And that's Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks, stay in Star touch. Star Wars between- family. Exactly. Um, stay in touch between shows, guys. Uh, you can do so. Shoot us an email like Tristan, StarWarsReport at gmail.com. You can also uh, follow us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash StarWarsReport, at StarWarsReport on Twitter, as well as uh, probably the best thing you can do for the show uh, and support the show is is check out our Patreon, Patreon.com slash StarWarsReport, as, as is one to happen when I'm on Night Shift. I have uh, fallen off on our our special monthly Patreon hangout, but I will be scheduling that very soon for those of you guys who are in the the Bothan High Council tier uh, over at patreon.com slash Star Wars. So I'll be in touch soon to get that scheduled, and we'll all hang out and do a, a Zoom call, which is what everybody's used to doing now. See, we were we were cool. We were doing it before yeah. all this. So. We're trendsetters. <laughs> Mr. Hurlman, tell people where they can find you. Well, as I was saying, you can find me on TikTok at Illogical Rogue 2. Twitter has Illogical Rogue 2. Facebook is Illogical Rogue because they wouldn't let me put the 2 in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, on Xbox, I'm actually Rogue Jedi 2222 because I can't be Illogical Rogue 2 anymore because it's too long. Um, and if you see me on PlayStation 4, it's probably my son, but please don't shoot him in the head. He's been getting bullied pretty hard, and I'm pretty sure that I got that ball rolling, and I feel horrible about it. It's your fault. So if you were doing that, I was not saying stand by. I was saying <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> nice. Well, folks, um, lastly, you can also um, uh, share the show with a friend. If you have a Star Wars fan that you know that's in your life, let them know about the Star Wars Report podcast, and uh, mm-hmm. you can leave us a rating and review on iTunes, especially if you use the, the Apple Podcast app. That's the easiest way to do it. Uh, but until next time, I'm just going to say, may the Force be with you. And remember, many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. Yes. I'm with the force. The force is with me. <laughs> do, 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 do. Doctor, I've, uh, I've got to...